I mean, at one point I was literally in a minus 20 freezer trying to mill ice to make it injectable and it still didn't work. But, you know, the key thing is not to give up. If you really want to do it, just keep going, keep talking to people, keep troubleshooting, keep prototyping until you find it. Hi, this is Dr. Jen Barna. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. At Doc Working, our specialty is coaching physicians to achieve the best of life and medicine. This is the podcast where we talk with doctors about real life outside of medicine. We truly appreciate you listening and would be so grateful if you would like and subscribe. Please keep tuning in. We publish three episodes a week and we want your feedback please email me at jen at docworking.com to tell me what you like, what you want to hear more of. Your feedback means a lot to us. With that, let's get started on today's episode. Hello, we are so glad you are joining us today. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at docworking.com, and I am so thrilled to be joined by Dr. Lilith Gribian, an MD, PhD professor at Harvard Medical School. And today with you, Dr. Gribian, we're going to be talking about your very fascinating journey as a researcher and clinician and the discovery that you were part of that could lead to a new medical device that could really solve a few very serious patient problems. And I think it's just fascinating for us to hear how this all began for you. So you are in dermatology, but that's not where you started out. So tell us a little bit about how this all began for you. Sure. Thank you so much, Jill, for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here today and to tell my story. So I started out at Harvard Medical School in 2002, and I came here from UCLA to complete an MD-PhD degree. My MD was in medicine and my PhD was in immunology. So after completing that, I started a dermatology residency program at Harvard. And during that residency program, I met a really interesting and inspirational physician innovator named Dr. Rox Anderson. And he inspired me to be in the position that I'm now, which is discovering new ways of cooling tissue and trailblazing the use of this novel injectable eye slurry that we're using to treat not just skin diseases, but beyond. Yeah. So back up a little bit. So this doctor who was your mentor and just an inspiring guy had discovered a bunch of technologies that a lot of us have heard of now, even if we're not in the field of dermatology. So talk a little bit about what he discovered and how it was really a side effect of one of those that led you down the path that you're on now. Correct. So Dr. Anderson discovered actually a lot of lasers we use today. Most people know laser hair removal, laser tattoo removal, laser rejuvenation, that all were discoveries in his lab, including cool sculpting, which is a non-invasive removal of fat by cooling the skin for about an hour. So I was a resident when he came to talk about this new discovery from his lab at a lecture, and he was describing the procedure, how patients love it. Over 15 million treatments have been done worldwide. It's very safe procedure, but there is a side effect that is completely reversible but there's loss of sensation in the treated area that lasts for about six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So when I heard this, I was fascinated. And that's when I had this aha moment of, wow, this is so cool. If we could understand what is happening 
to the skin and to the nerves to cause this loss of sensation for six to eight weeks, maybe we could develop a new therapy to treat pain and itch. Because as a dermatology resident, I knew that that was a problem because I would see it every day. Patients would come and complain, we don't have great therapies for pain and itch that last six to eight weeks. So that's when I was inspired to kind of figure this out, find out how and what is causing the side effect. And by understanding that, develop a new therapy. So I approached Dr. Anderson after his lecture and asked if anyone was working on it. And he said, no, but if I was interested in figuring that interesting question, I should join his lab and do it. But he said, no one in my lab works on nerves. (laughs) So you would be the first one to do it. So there I had to make a decision, you know, should I go join this new lab that doesn't work on nerves. I don't know much about nerves because and my really pivoting is in from immunology, right? You're pivoting to something completely new with this, Correct. following this new interest of yours. Correct. And his lab was very heavy on engineering, physics, because they developed lasers and technologies. And I had never done that, nor have I learned that process as a medical student or as a resident. But I found it very intriguing. And I said, wow, like it would be so cool to develop something for patients, you know? So after thinking about it a bit, I decided to pivot and to take a chance and join his lab and kind of study the side effect. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's amazing the other things that unfolded, because not only is there a lot of potential for being able to treat this previously, at least you know, not very effective treatment for people that have pain and itch in their skin. But then now that led to other potential applications that could really have big medical benefits. Can you talk a little bit about that discovery as the the ice slurry that keeps on giving (laughs) in this technology? (laughs) Yes. So it, it is a really fascinating story. I mean, when I joined his lab first, I had to figure out how to study the side effect, how to understand it. So what I did is I started human trial where I would bring this patients uh, who would volunteer, but we would pay them to have the cool sculpting procedure, but I would take biopsies from their skin before the procedure. I would also study their sensory function before the procedure and at various points after the procedure. Mm-hmm. So I'd never done a human IRB study. So I learned it. I did it. It was really fun, you know? And from this, what we learned is that topical cooling, because remember, cool sculpting is topical. You're putting an Mm -hmm. applicator on the skin, does lead to long-lasting loss of sensation and that it was affecting the nerves. And we did have another clinical pearl that we got from some of our patients is that those patients that were thin somehow had loss of sensation that went beyond the treated area. And when we studied the anatomy of that area, we saw that it was because they had some superficial nerve bundles that were going from that area. So the cooling was reaching their nerve bundle. And that's when we said, wow, imagine if we make this cooling injectable, then we could reach every nerve that's accessible by a needle. So instead of relying on topical cooling, which takes over an hour to do because it needs to extract enough heat to have a biological effect, you could just inject it like the way you inject um, any, any standard lidocaine or numbing medicine, right? Any doctor graduating from medical school knows how to inject. So this would be something similar to that. You would just inject it around the nerve and block the nerve for six to eight weeks, which would be an unbelievable accomplishment because we don't have a single 
therapy that could do that. And now because of the opioid crisis, right, everybody's looking for a better way of treating pain that is not addicting and doesn't have opioids. And this would be a device because all it is, is just cooling. You're just making it injectable. So that became my mission and my focus of my work in the lab. And although it sounds simple, injecting eye slurry, it's not. <laughs> it took years of painstaking research to find a way to do that, you know, and it, because it's a practical problem. Like, I mean, take ice and put it in a syringe. See if you could inject it. You can't. So we did so many different things to try to find it. I mean, at one point I was literally in a minus 20 freezer trying to mill ice to make it injectable and it still didn't work. But, you know, the key thing is not to give up. If you really Mm -hmm. want to do it, just keep going, keep talking to people, keep troubleshooting, keep prototyping until you find it. And, you know, we were able to find that. And um, now research has gone far along to point where people have actually licensed this idea from Massachusetts General Hospital and have started startup companies to commercialize this to be used in patients. Yeah. And you're part of that, you know, sort of looking at this now from physician to almost entrepreneur as well. Would you ever have imagined yourself in that role? And and what's the learning curve been like for you (laughs) to move into that as the, you know, potential founder of a company that is going to make this a much more widespread technology available to solve a very big problem, which is, you know, pain. Yes. No, it's been an incredible journey. I never thought I would have been able to do that. I mean, when I came to this lab, people were talking about IP licensing, startup. I mean, those were all foreign terms to me. IP, I thought was immunoprecipitation because that's the only IP I knew when I was doing my PhD. As opposed to intellectual property, which is the IP that you were learning about, right? Yeah. So there's so many terms that I had to learn and understand. And this lab was an amazing environment to do it because Dr. Rox Anderson has done this successfully for so many inventions. And just Mm -hmm. by being there, you know, just by osmosis, you're able to see and learn. And it was great for me to have that opportunity as well. It's an amazing journey to be able to take your work from A to almost Z, right? We're not there yet because we're now starting this company to start the development. And then we have to go through FDA and it has to work for it to get approved. But as I said, you have to enjoy the journey, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's been an incredible journey. And I've learned a lot. Right. Yes. You can see the destination, but there's still things to get through to have this be out there and and be part of your company. And then I also love that there was another potential benefit that's being researched, and that has to do with the sleep apnea related to the ice slurry as well. Tell us a little bit about that and how it came about and what the potential is there. Correct. Yeah. So it turns out there are patients who have large amount of fat at the base of their tongue who have obstructive sleep apnea and that fat accumulation blocks their airway when they're sleeping. And a lot of papers were published on that recently. There was a CNN story about it. And there's a lot of, I guess, labs that are trying to target that fat. And when we heard about that, we said, hey, we have this injectable that could remove fat. So we also want to kind of look into that as well. And we're working with Uniform Service University, a collaborator who's an ENT surgeon, to try to work on that now. We're doing some animal studies. So we hope that this will also help patients with that. 
Yeah. That's got to be so rewarding for you. And I know it is from our previous conversations to take a previously unmet patient need and then to follow through the research and then come up with a method and a device that actually could really meet that need. And then in a commercially viable way that makes it available for people all over the country. It's just, it's an incredible journey. It's got to feel great. Thank you. No, it feels great. And I want to say that every clinician has the ability to do this. And it all starts by being able to identify an unmet need that you feel passionate about solving. And as clinicians, we're really in the front lines of seeing the problems that our patients face daily. And I think we have an amazing opportunity to take advantage of that, define the need, brainstorm, and commit to the journey of trying to solve this problem. That's how it started for me. You know, I knew pain and itch was an issue. And that's what led me to work on this problem to begin with. And it really led me to places that I didn't think I would be. And it's been really enjoyable. Yes. Dr. Lilit Garibian, just incredible story. It's so fun to hear the possibility and hope from your research and discoveries with you and your colleagues at the lab at Harvard and MGH is just really fun to hear about. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. And make sure you tune in for a couple of different episodes we have with Dr. Grubian, where we cover some really meaningful topics. So you want to make sure all of you tune in for that. But meantime, thank you so much for being here, everyone, on Doc Working the the Whole Physician Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Our Instagram is docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story to tell, please reach out to Jen at jen at docworking.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.